the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Pat Vitucci says, don't invest and forget. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Vitucci of Vitucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management with special emphasis on retirement planning. The Federal Reserve's rate hike Wednesday took place. The expectation of more to come, all aimed at trying to bring down 40-year high inflation, topping 8%. Welcome to this edition of Don't Invest and Forget, the program that faithfully each and every week helps you keep your finger on the pulse of your money from Wall Street to Main Street to your wallet. Our host, 30-plus year financial manager and the principal of Vitucci and Associates, Pat Vitucci. Well, Pat, wow, it is a remarkable almost two-week ride here on Wall Street, but certainly all of the signs are pointing to not only recessionary times, we firmly seem to now be in bear territory. The worm is turning, as they say. It it is beginning to look like an entirely new psychology in the market. So what you call a recession, certainly a significant correction, and how long it lasts, no one really knows. Inflation is in my view, out of control with the price of oil. Of course, in California, we're leading the country in highest gas prices. But with the three-quarter point rise that the Federal Reserve injected this week, it's all designed to slow things down. And, you know, we still have a supply chain problem. And then, of course, we've got the Ukraine-Russia war sprinkling in, you know, a shortage of corn oil and wheat So we've got some compounding things, along, in my view, with some bad economic policy that's just exacerbating the entire problem. We've got some issues that are going to play out in the next couple quarters, at least, at least till the end of the year, probably into 23. So brace yourself, folks, for what I think is going to be a wild ride. And for those with a long-term view, if you're young enough and don't need to use your capital in the next 12 to 18 months, you could be looking at wonderful buying opportunity. You'll see more and more companies buying their own shares through this buyback system. Those companies are in pretty good shape. They've got a lot of cash on hand, and so they're in a, in a pretty enviable position to take advantage of these Macy's White Flower Day sale prices on the stock market. But for the average person, we've got to look at some significant 
sector rotation. We talk a lot on this show about sector rotation. Some areas of the economy will continue to do reasonably well, given the bear market that we appear to be in or maybe approaching very soon. So you've got to really take a good, hard look at where you're at. The worst thing you want to do is move to cash. It's not timing the market. It's time in the market. That doesn't mean you sit on your thumbs and do nothing. The name of the show is Don't Invest and Forget. That means you got to pay attention. And if you don't pay attention, you tend to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And so I would encourage all of our listeners to look at their 401ks, IRAs, whatever funds they have, annuities they might have, and look at what areas of the economy you're invested. And do you think those areas will participate fully in the next 6, 12, 18 months? I think that's the real critical question is being in some sector of this market that will at least not potentially suffer giant downslides in the market. If you can be breaking even or coming close to breaking even, that's a winner portfolio. So we've got to look at areas of the economy that you personally are comfortable with from a a risk assessment point of view, and then make those changes and monitor and follow up very carefully. Pat, I'm curious, are we sort of in a perfect storm scenario here, meaning we've come off of a prolonged period of time with artificially low interest rates, arguably artificially high stock values, or at least P.E. ratios that, in not all cases, but in many cases, seem to be fairly out of whack. Then we experience COVID. Now, all of a sudden, we have the Fed stepping in, attempting to ease inflation by raising interest rates against the backdrop of ongoing issues, as you delineated a moment ago, supply chain problems, Russia impacting oil, and we're even beginning to see some of the so-called recovery stocks beginning to falter a bit. Is all of this a perfect storm? And if so, I'm wondering, has the Fed either done too little too late, too much too late? Are they out of tools? What is your sense in terms of how effective this 75 basis point increase will be? Wall Street doesn't seem to be very thrilled at the moment. I think politically, the government gave away too much money. They passed one of those multi-trillion dollar bills, and everybody got checks, and people were being paid to stay at home. So we've got a labor shortage. A lot of young folks just aren't motivated to go to work. So everywhere you go, restaurants and Any service company is having labor issues. Most of the Starbucks that I go to are on abbreviated hours or they've closed the indoor and you can only do the drive up, any combination thereof. We've got that labor shortage, I think, which was artificially induced by some policy making. We've got mortgage rates now in the five and a half percent range. Now we're getting more towards the normal range of mortgage rates. But the home buyer was pretty elated because they were getting really low monthly payments. Well, now those monthly payments are dramatically higher. Does the increase in the overnight lending rate, as it has certainly an effect on mortgage rates, I mean, we hear about major issues related to how supply and demand is driving the cost of home prices, and certainly no region of the country is higher when it comes to demand than the greater San Francisco Bay Area. So I'm wondering, what does all of this translate into? Are we going to experience a cooling off then of the cost of housing in the San Francisco Bay Area, and how does that offset against the demand issue? 
Well, you know, inventory is really, really low. So I think it, it'll take some time for the buyers to um, adjust. But I think once we get some equilibrium in supply and demand, we're going to see a significant slowdown in buyers and sellers. Sellers who are not going to be motivated because they're not going to get that price that they could have gotten three or four months ago. They kind of missed the window that was so attractive. And that motivated a lot of boomers to say, okay, I'm out of California. I'm moving to, and fill in the blank, Texas, Tennessee, Arizona. So a lot of my clients have picked up stakes, cast in their expensive homes, and bought bigger homes, dramatically smaller prices. So I think younger buyers are now going to need to take a pause, potentially, with higher interest rates. Craig, that has a direct impact on monthly payments. And so... That's what young buyers look at is, can I afford that monthly payment? They may have been looking at a $2 million house, and now they've got to settle for $1.3 million house or something to get an equivalent monthly mortgage payment. All that, it's going to slow everything down, and uh, there's no question. We're in a pivoting period that once we were going 100 miles an hour in one direction, you know, we're going to slam on the brakes and make a quick right or left turn, depending on where you're going. But it is pivotally different now with three-quarter point rise. If you've got any Visa, MasterCard debt, certainly you want to get rid of that. But now you're, it's going to be dramatically higher. If you're going to buy a car, they'll eventually ride up even more than the 5.5% range. Pat Petucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Don't invest and forget. Well, an amazing new study out that tells much about the attitude of Americans when it comes to not just retirement planning, but attitudes concerning how much money do we have, when do we start saving, and will it last as we make our way through retirement? And Pat, this new survey done by Franklin Templeton really unveils some critical issues that every American needs to be thinking of in relationship to retirement. For example... The study found that six out of 10 retirees say their retirement was somewhat or very unexpected. 51% have never tried to determine their current retirement savings or how long they'll last. 39% say they don't think it'll last 20 years. And 13% of Americans don't even know how much savings they have at all. Wow. Craig, it's been called the most stressful day of your life, the day you decide to retire and you pull the plug from that wonderful check you've been receiving for probably 40 years or so. And so why would it be the most stressful day? My gosh, you're just dreaming of sailing and playing golf and going hiking and going to Hawaii. I mean, life is good, right? Well, because of the very reasons you just mentioned, people's uncertainty, lack of confidence, lack of drilling down and really studying the numbers, crunching those numbers to say, okay, here's what I'm going to be able to afford. Here's what I could do. Here's what I can't do. What are your expectations for retirement? Probably the biggest thing is six out of 10, as you just mentioned, retire unexpectedly because the corporation they were working for said, wait a minute, if we get rid of all these old guys and gals, we can reduce our payroll fairly significantly. Yeah, we'll give them a year's severance or whatever the issue is. Suddenly you become a target for right-sizing, as it is called in the corporate world. In your personal life, it's called getting fired. You're getting fired because you're making too darn much money. You're a drag on the bottom line. And after all, corporations have an obligation to shareholders first, employees second. When did that shift? Gosh, in my folks' days, 
the obligation was to employees first and shareholders second. Not so in these days. And so the cold hard facts is as you're making that giant income because you've been so dutifully loyal to that company for all those years. Sorry, guys, your loyalty was appreciated, but no longer appreciated starting tomorrow. So we're going to downsize, right size, and replace you with a couple 30-year-olds that are going to cost a fraction of what they're costing. And oh, by the way, they're not going to file medical claims like you've been, Mr. Old Guy or Mrs. Old Gal, and you're driving up our premium. So that's costing you us a lot of money too. So we're really right-sizing because, you know, the company really needs to get in line with the payroll numbers. BS, they're getting rid of you because you are a drag on the bottom line. Have a good retirement. See ya. Bye. What do you do now? You unexpectedly downsize or, God forbid, you have health reasons. And the doctor says, your job is too stressful. You got to get out now before it kills you. I've seen that too many times also. All those things are considered to be unconventional thinking when it comes to what you thought was your lead up to your glorious day of retirement. So now what do you do? Now you said, geez, if I only had five more years, I would have been able to be in pretty good shape to retire on. But nope, I'm stuck with what I got. I'm not really employable. Yeah, I can get a job at $12 an hour somewhere, but that wasn't in my plan. Now you got 30 years of retirement to fund. How are you going to fund that? Are you going to outlive your money? Are you going to live in your children's fourth bedroom? Not your ideal thinking in terms of days of retiring. Actually, the 55%, Greg, of Americans work during retirement. Maybe that's because they like to be involved or maybe it's because of the money. I don't know for sure. Sometimes you stay in the area of your expertise and you become a consultant and that's cool. You work for a month or two and you take a month or two off. That's not a bad life. But if you have to go to Home Depot five days a week to make ends meet, it's admirable that you're willing to do that to support your family, but that may not have been in your plans. It's all about what are your retirement numbers. There's been books written with hundreds of pages of reading to drive what your numbers look like. The alternative to that is come into any of our Bay Area offices and after about an hour or so, we're going to give you a real succinct number of what your numbers are. We're going to accumulate all your savings and all your retirement income and in very short order say, here's the kind of shape you're in. And yes, you've got 70% or more of your working income in retirement. You are eligible. Go in tomorrow and say, thanks, boss. I'm leaving. You make the decision rather than the world making a decision for you. Yeah, I think what's really disquieting about aspects of this new survey, and you've just touched on a key one, it's it's a dilemma, it's a dichotomy. And that is that while 59% of working Americans are very or extremely concerned, Pat, about outliving their retirement needs, here's the shocker. 74% have never calculated their monthly retirement income needs. And so that's really what you're talking about here is you need to look at both columns, both what the income is going to be like and what the income needs will be like, and then see whether or not one really fits in or justifies the other in terms of timing. When you retire, how much you're able to take out of Social Security and what your overall nest egg looks like for your personal component of your retirement dollars at retirement. You know, so many people think, well, I don't have a big enough pile of money. It's not so much what the pile of money looks like. It's what can the pile of money create in terms of cash flow? It's all about sustainable income over the long haul and being ultra conservative 
in the performance expectations. So many times we get calls from this show or we get people coming in and saying, well, I'm going to get 10% on my money and 10% of this number is a pretty good number. I said, no, not going to happen. So we create ultra conservative numbers. We always want to try and surprise on the upside. If you're starting to eat into your principal in the first couple, three, five, 10 years of your retirement, not a good idea. Again, you or your spouse, if you're married, are probably going to live to age 92. One of the two, it may be both. So what do you do for the last 10 or 15 years? If you keep taking 10% out, your 10% runs out pretty darn quickly. And so it's all about not outliving your money. Today, Pat Vitucci teaching us how to make that nest egg last all the way through retirement. And Pat, just before the break, as we've been talking about some details concerning a new survey that looks at not only attitudes of Americans concerning retirement, but to some degree is a lack of planning. For example, we cited that one statistic, 59% of working Americans are extremely concerned about outliving their retirement savings. And yet 74% have never even calculated their monthly retirement income needs. One of the aspects of those needs, as you began to point out, is understanding the difference between cash pile and cash flow. A key component, I would imagine, to the cash flow side is Social Security. But how many people think of Social Security in terms of a strategy or they just kind of say, "Okay, I'm eligible. Let me go down to the Social Security office and sign up. It's a very cavalier attitude about the whole Social Security question. There are actually 567 choices. Wow. How to take, when to take, what age is the optimal age to take Social Security for you. And we're all a little different and our unique differences clearly dictate when to take it. And if there's a difference in age between you and your spouse, how do you work favorably for you? A lot of issues to think about. And then sprinkle in high medical premiums. Despite what the politicians have told us, it ain't free. It's gotten a lot more expensive. And by the way, you got to pay for that medical with after-tax dollars, which just further exacerbates the pain of factoring that into your retirement budget. So medical premium, while 10 years ago it was a very insignificant item, in just 10 short years, Craig, it is a big chunk of your after-tax income. So how does your spending affect this? And is it going to decrease your ability to take that trip to Europe or to New York City or to Hawaii? Whatever your plans are, I had a client recently say he goes to Alaska twice a year fishing and he loves it. But he says, you know, it's getting kind of expensive. But fortunately, he has budgeted for those trips and he, you know, he leads a very conservative lifestyle and he's very much in control and understands his numbers. That's the key, I think, is understanding your specific numbers, set your expectations and understand what your numbers can translate into a lifestyle in retirement. When we hear things, Pat, like 39% of would-be retirees don't even know how much Social Security will pay out, that's got to be pretty disquieting. And another another aspect that was revealed by this survey, 59% of retirees say that they took Social Security before full retirement age, only 16% began at full retirement and only 7% delayed it until after full retirement age. Now, when you look at those numbers, what kind of a story does that tell you? It's a kind of a knee-jerk decision and there's not a lot of reflection on how that affects the rest of your life. And by the way, it's irrevocable. In almost every case, you cannot go back and change your mind. The average check for Social Security is $1,224, Craig. So we're not talking about a lot of money. Now, those who have made a whole lot more money are going to be in the 
more than double that, $25, $27, So how does that affect your cash flow? And then when you compute IRA, 401k or savings or rental income, it's a matter of consolidating all those dollars, looking at your expenses in a very careful and studious way and creating what we call a pro forma budget. We look at the numbers and we say, okay, here's your budget. Here's what it's going to cost you to retire. If you have a mortgage or don't have a mortgage or your car payment, your cell phone payment, your food expenses. And then we put a pencil to it and it becomes pretty crystal clear. If you've got 70 plus percent of your income that you were making in retirement, the magic begins. You are now eligible to go in tomorrow and say, boss, thanks very much. See ya. I'm going fishing. Or you got to wait another couple, three, five, seven years. It depends on what those numbers intimate. And are you moving towards those numbers? That's the key thing. Are you, are you able to max out your plan at work? Are you gaining ground? Or are you losing ground? And that's the kind of trend analysis that we can create to give you a pretty crystal clear idea of level of preparedness. That's probably the most common call we get, Craig, from this show for 20 plus years. Here's my stuff. What can I do to retire and am I eligible or do I have to work more? And in many cases, I'm able to give some people some really pretty favorable conclusions. And trust me, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to give cold, crude numbers. If the numbers don't scream out, you're okay. I'm in the unenviable position of telling them that. And it does make me popular. I do get to sleep at night and not intimate that I'm sending people in the wrong in the wrong direction. Well, and hopefully at the end of the day, it goes a long ways towards helping others get to sleep at night as well. That sleep factor, Pat, as you often talk about, is key. And, and as you point out, retirement is something that I think certainly all of us that have been in the working world for any length of time look forward to. And yet we will spend more time planning a vacation or planning a get-together at our house than we will planning for retirement. And yet it oftentimes represents fully 30, 35% of our entire life. Some Americans, as you often remind us, could live 20, 30, 40 years into retirement, depending upon, of course, how soon they take their retirement. And, and with all of that, the choices that need to be made moving toward retirement are key. You mentioned 500 choices within Social Security. One of the big choices is not that you're eligible, but when it makes sense to take Social Security. And, and when you take it can mean the difference between a paltry sum or pretty princely sum coming in, can't it? Yeah, you're right. And you know what? It's much more fun planning a vacation. It's a whole lot less stressed than planning on looking at prospectuses and look at your 401k and pulling out all those statements. That's no fun. I mean, that you know, I'd rather plan on looking at pictures of me sitting on a beach or me going, uh, having uh, a gelato in, in a little Italian uh, place. That's fun, Craig. Come on, let's not ruin the fun here. The reality of it is somebody's got to do that ugly work. And if you don't initiate it, it doesn't get initiated. It sits around and um, it's that festering issue that you keep wanting to ignore. You know, you got to face the music one way or the other. And it's better to know than not to know. And we always encourage our, our listeners to be educated, be, be warned. And you have enough time, you can make adjustments so that when you are going to ultimately retire, you are in a much more favorable position. Toward that end, Pat, retirement planning can be difficult. It can be complicated. It can be involved. That's why seeking out the advice of somebody who has experience in this that can come alongside you, make sure that you're not only asking the right questions, but that the answers are making sense. 
There's no one-size-fits-all strategy when it comes to investing for longevity. It simply depends on a person's individual time horizon, tolerance for risk, and whether or not you've done your homework. One way to start today is by taking advantage of that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review in any of the Bay Area offices of Vitucci and Associates. Never any cost or obligation to sit down, figure out what will your expenses look like, what will your income look like, when and how should you take Social Security. Help you answer all those questions so that when you do reach retirement, it does feel a lot more like the vacation that Pat spoke of. You can schedule the appointment online conveniently. Simply log on to DontInvestAndForget.com. DontInvestAndForget.com. That's DontInvestAndForget.com. Pat Vitucci says, Don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. Welcome back. I'm Pat Vitucci. We come to you each week and talk about salient financial kinds of issues. My special guest today is Julie Morgenstern. Julie is the author of When Organizing Isn't Enough, Shed Your Stuff, Change Your Life. Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Pat. We all uh, need some organization. Uh, Life comes at us pretty fast, and there's lots of stuff that we grab onto. And my sense is we don't shed enough, and you're suggesting we shed more. Talk to me about your whole acronym, SHED. Well, SHED is a process for decluttering your life, your space, your schedule, your habits to make room for change. And it's something you do when you're in the midst of transition, and it helps you take control and actually lead yourself in the direction you really want to go. So you find the clutter in your space or your life, and S stands for separate the treasures. So you don't throw it all out. You identify the gems that are really worth hanging on to. H is heave the rest. Just release everything that is obsolete that didn't qualify as a treasure and get it out of your space and off your schedule. E stands for embrace your identity from within. You know, it's partially exciting when you get rid of all that clutter, but it's also a little bit disorienting and you can kind of get a little lost, like who am I without my stuff? And that's where embrace your identity from within a very proactive process you can do to really identify who am I without that stuff. And D is for drive yourself forward. And you feel much more confident with yourself uh, after releasing a lot of that old uh, clutter and you start to proactively move in the direction that you want toward the adventure that you want, toward the life that you want. It starts to really come into focus and you move forward. It's really about getting unanchored, getting unparalyzed. Your first thoughts, overloading schedules. We're all very busy and somehow when you go to Europe and you see the pace of life in Europe much slower, this is an enviable lifestyle that we should try and mimic here. I see parents overloading their kids' schedules and so they're just creating little patterns of overloaded problems and your book's going to be a continued bestseller for all the young kids out there whose schedules are being trained to be overloaded and, and we as adults are way too busy. How do you slow that down? You go through your schedule and you go through your pile of to-dos that's been sitting there for months that you haven't gotten to and you really ask of each thing that's on your list and each thing that's on your schedule, does this excite me? Does this energize me? Am I excited at the idea of doing this? Or does it de-energize me? Do I dread it? Is this just a big burden? And anything that's a big burden that makes you feel bad, that makes you feel weighed down, is a candidate for shedding. It's you've got it on there because you think it should be because of some odd obligation or some belief system that it's supposed to. It becomes a a true candidate for release. I teach in the book the, the three Ds for shedding things from your schedule. You can delete them, which means just take it off. In the grand scheme of things, it's there's not 
not enough value, let it go. That's got to feel real refreshing when you actually throw something out. It really, really does. And you realize you're doing other things that achieve the same goal in, a, in an easier way, in a more energizing way, in a more rewarding way. So this one you can just delete. You can delegate some things. You know, we say yes very quickly without thinking often. <laughs> say yes. We put all this stuff on our schedules and maybe it needs to get done, but you don't have to be the one to do it. So you can delegate to get things off your schedule. And you can also, if you have to do it, and some of the things on there, they don't make us happy, but they really have to get done, like getting your taxes done. You can do it, but diminish it. You find a way to scale down the projects, you know, narrow the scope, and just get it done at the most basic fundamental level and release some of your perfectionism about every single task that you do. And that's also very, very freeing. You don't have to do everything to an equal level of perfection or excellence. Some things can be just good enough. And once it's off your to-do list, there's such a sense of relief. You know, that's one of the ways to shed too, is just get it done, for goodness sakes. Just yesterday, a client came in and I was a little concerned because she wheeled in one of these luggages on wheels. What's wrong with this picture? And she came in and I said, geez, are you going on vacation after you leave here? And she said, oh no, these are all my statements. I've never thrown one statement out and I have all my prospectuses. And she said, can you help me sort through this? And so here she is with unopened envelopes and you know the IRS requires and the SEC, NASD, FINRA requires fund companies and insurance companies to mail out financial statements, semi-annual statements, prospectuses. And this gal had literally a luggage full of stuff that, talk about clutter, about 98% of it did not have her name on it, did not have her social security number on it, and therefore was disposable and recyclable. You can get overwhelmed pretty easily, especially in the financial world. If you can identify what the treasures are in advance, it's like you just said, you know, as a financial consultant, you can advise your clients, these are the treasure guidelines. Keep your year-end statement and the rest can go. The key to shedding is before you dive in and start picking up every piece of paper and saying, is this important? Do I keep this? Don't I keep this? You'll never get through it that way. Everything looks important. Before you dive in, you want to create a list. It's like a packing list, except this is your shed list. You create a list of what are the treasures, what are the things that are worth saving. From a financial standpoint, it's what do I really need to keep? What is the practical must keep? And then everything else can go. And uh, you do that in your with your financial papers, and it, it's very freeing. I think you know if you can give people permission to get rid of a lot of that financial clutter, that alone can be one of the big wins. It can be one of the best places to start, quite frankly, because you know you can get rid of clutter in a lot of areas. You can get rid of clutter in your closets, and your pantry, and your kitchen cabinets. But starting with those financial clutter, the paper, very freeing. And then the energy that you get from that is going to give you the momentum that you need to start tackling clutter in other areas of your home. So it's a great place to start. In your book, you talk about having fun, enjoying time off. I guess the less clutter you have, it's a freeing kind of thing. Certainly a a time when most people want to just not think about those difficult things and those cluttering kinds of things. The hardest part for most people in getting organized is getting started. It's all about creating the habit of saving. And just like when you want to set up your schedule for the week, you need to set up your financial schedule. The more we procrastinate, you know, you're only 25 years old today and you wake up tomorrow and you're 50 years old and you've just created a habit of not doing the right thing. And well, I really like the idea of keeping your schedule open. I guess we need to just schedule a half a day or a full day of just doing nothing. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing nothing, is there? Or is is that still a crime? We have to have every minute of every day of every week scheduled for something. 
you know, having open time in your schedule is a wonderful thing to do. And if you're not used to it, it can be really disorienting. You're like, what do I do with a whole day to myself or half a day? I feel, I feel to... guilty if I don't have something scheduled. I know, but there's enjoying life and there's a different kind of enjoyment than just getting things done. And, you know, getting things done can feel really rewarding, but it's a very tangible way of saying, you know, today was useful. I did something today. But clearing your schedule and allowing for some breathing room and time to think and time to be and time to connect with people, it's very freeing. It's a different way of being. Letting go of things and sort of decluttering, it's not easy, but it's very transforming. You know, we all have a certain amount of stuff that anchors us. We have a certain amount of busyness that anchors us. And if you're used to being busy, busy, busy all the time, the idea of a half a day without a million things to do can just sort of strike fear into you. But after one or two times, you start realizing how much you can fill a half a day with things that are not necessarily on your to-do list. And it gives you a chance to recharge. My special guest today, Julie Morgenstern. Julie is the author of When Organizing Isn't Enough, Shed Your Stuff, Change Your Life. If there's any questions for Julie or myself, if you'd like a no-obligation consultation, a financial health checkup, a second opinion, if you're cluttered with lots of stuff and you're overwhelmed with statements and prospectuses and confusion about where your organized financial life should be going, come in for our no-obligation consultation. Call today, one plan wise That's one 888 P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Well, Julie, thank you so much, and congratulations on your very successful book. Thank you so much, Pat. You've been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with author and investment advisor, Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program, or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of Bay Area offices of Fatucci & Associates near you, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or call toll-free, 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or visit don'tinvestandforget.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci & Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci & Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci & Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.